0: Those of you that don't know me, my name is Matt Schock and I'm the campus minister here at Aggies for Christ and we're host out of, hosted out of the bigger church, University Church of Christ, so we're, um, we're pumped to have you here if this is your first night, we're pumped. If this is you, you've been with us for years, we're pumped. Um, there's only four AFCs left in the semester. After night, there's only three. It's kind of crazy. I mean, we're kind of getting to the end of things, um, but we do only have four left, and so we want to make a big push. I mean, This room is full right now. This is great, but we own some more chairs. We own some more chairs, so I want to see roommates. I want to see um, fraternity brothers, sorority sisters, friends, cousins, whatever it is. We want to see them here for the last four, okay? We really think it only takes, only takes one encounter with the cross. It only takes one encounter with the cross to really change somebody's life. So we want to see that um, for the rest of the semester. I hate doing this. I hate doing announcements from this stage, but we're going to go ahead and run through um, last worship of the semester, like I said, November 18th. This one we're going to do a big push. Okay, we have a big marketing campaign that um, one of our freshmen, Ty Bergman, has put together. You're going to start seeing these posters around campus. Okay, it's going to be it's going to be kind of subtle at first, and it's going to kind of grow. It's going to be really cool, but we want to we want to pack this place out for multiple reasons. First of all, for Jesus. Second of all, because it's fun to have an atmosphere here. Um, but third, we're going to have some uh, we're going to have some camera crews here too, getting some footage and taking promo videos for AFC, so we can. Really Hype this thing up for years to come. So it's going to be kind of cool um, that next to, or that last AFC on the 18th. Next one. Hoops and Jesus. All right. So usually our AFC would have been December 2nd. Um, but that is the night of the NMSU UTEP basketball game. So we're going to cook you dinner. We're going to cook you dinner here at 530. We're going to eat fast. And we're going to walk over to the game at 615. So we can get good seats. Um, you can sit with us. You can sit with whoever you want. But we're going to be sitting as a group together. And it's just going to be kind of a fun thing to do to, um, to not only show that we're like, trying to affect that campus, but like, we're part of that campus. And we, and we love the Aggies. And the Miners aren't safe. So we need to, we need to be there. So, so we're going to um, so go to the game as a family. We're going to eat some barbecue here before that. Um, And then the next slide. Lastly, lastly, one of the coolest things, the coolest traditions about Agus for Christ, one of my favorite things about Agus for Christ is that we are hosted out of a bigger church called University Church of Christ. If you've never been there with us before, it's across the parking lot on Sunday mornings. We always invite you to worship at 1030, but now the church is inviting you to dinner. So this is a progressive dinner called Guess Who's Coming to Dinner. And what it is, is you meet at the church. We all split up into groups, and we go to different homes. One home's an appetizer, this home is a main course, and then everybody meets back up here for dessert. This church loves college students, loves college students. You're not inconveniencing anybody by being there. Um, When you come here on Sunday mornings, you'll feel it. When you walk into their homes for dinner, you'll feel it. It's really, really cool. Okay, so Melissa right here is our intern. You can go ahead and wave. Um, she's going to have a sign-up sheet in the back afterwards. We want to get a bunch of names so all these people have college students in their house, okay? So that's going to be a lot of fun. Um, with that being said, I'm sorry. I do. I hate doing this. But the noise is over. The announcements are over. You cannot do your homework for the rest of the time while you're here. The Wi-Fi sucks in here, so you're not going to be able to do it. Your job didn't ask you to be there tonight. You can't do anything else right now but lock in and to rest. Rest in the fact that you just have to sit there for a little bit. Rest in the fact that you're with the community of believers. And rest in the fact that you're in know the presence of God. So if you will, we pray for the sermon with me. Do Heavenly Father, like I said earlier, um, I hope this is a night and a sermon that somebody needs. Um, as we talk about your word tonight, Lord, I pray that it would be um, glorified right along with you in the cross. Um, God, you gave us this, this book, this text, your story. And it's beautiful, and I don't think we give it enough attention sometimes. So I pray tonight as I, as I try to give it some credit, God, that you would, you would be with um, me in the gift of preaching in regards to that, God. I pray you'll be with everybody in this room, um, that they will be able to lock in and to really get something out tonight. Because your word is perfect. And I pray that we can be a generation that starts to study it and to love it and to not forget it. And it's in your son's name I pray. And everybody said, amen. Almost, uh, I guess almost three years ago it was, my life was changed by a sermon that I slept through. A sermon that I slept through. Um, I slept through 90% of it anyways. I was, I was awake for just the, the most important part in my opinion. But it was at a conference called Passion. And if you've never heard of the Passion Conference, it's this big giant gathering of college-age students, 18 to 24-year-olds. And it's usually in Atlanta, Georgia. We have a picture of what it looks like. I mean, this thing, this conference, is not just some like church camp, whatever. I mean, this is... I mean, 60,000 people worshiping Jesus in the Georgia Dome. It is awesome. So me and, like, 20 friends from AFC, we took, um, we took like, vans and, like, any cars we could get our hands on, and we drove to Atlanta 24 hours for this conference, right? And, uh, man, it was powerful. Some of the best preachers, all the preachers you guys listen to on YouTube, they were there. Francis Chan, John Piper, um, Beth Moore. I mean, it was, it was crazy. And then the worship was, Cray was there. Chris Tomlin led worship most of the time. Matt Redman. I mean, it was if those names mean anything to you, it was, it was a great experience. We just had a blast. Now, the way this conference works is you have a, a morning, an afternoon, and an evening session. And so the, the morning session is good. The afternoon session is good. The, the evening session is great. And you're usually out late doing small groups or eating or, or doing something with the, related to the conference. So um, we got a hotel in the toughest part of Atlanta. And... Uh, It was like 20 minutes from the Georgia Dome, whatever. And so we didn't get home after the first session until like 2 o'clock in the morning. Next session is 8 o'clock in the morning, and the preacher is Beth Moore. Now, does anybody in the room know who Beth Moore is? All the Christian girls in the room are like, hey, yo. Beth Moore is a a preacher, speaker, whatever you want to call her, um, from Texas. And she's super famous among women's Bible studies. And so she was the preacher the next morning. I'm not going to lie i just had a i wasn't that excited anyway she could have been the evening one and I, i'm just i just wasn't okay I, I had my favorites i was there to listen to and she wasn't one of them now she is okay now she is she's great she's fantastic but i did i'm gonna admit i slept through most of her sermon but i was awake for the first five minutes of it i was at the very top of the georgia dome uh, trying to really lock in because I, I do believe listening to sermons is a spiritual discipline. If you're starting to fade right now, um, like, lock in. Like, I really do believe listening to sermons is a spiritual discipline. It's a chance to turn the world off and to really focus on what God's laid on the preacher's heart. So I was going to try. I was going to try. Um, so the first couple minutes of this sermon is, is what I want to show you right now. And, and it's a prayer that Beth Moore prayed over us, over myself and the other 60,000 college students there, which is a pr- prayer that's going to be prayed over you tonight, and it changed my life. So if you go ahead and roll that, Bethany. Bethany. It was really, really good. I'm going to, I mean, you're just going to have to take my, you're going to have to take my word for it. Um, Beth Moore loves the Bible. Like, she loves it with every ounce of her being, and she tells a story about when she was in her 20s in college, her sophomore year, where God gripped her heart, not just for him and for who he was, but for his word, for the Bible and how much it meant to her in her life. And she started talking to college students, and she was just like, I see you guys in worship. I see you guys in worship and how you have your hands lifted and, and in community love hanging out with each other. Like, I see how passionate you are about some of these things, but what if you were that passionate about the Word of God? What if you were that passionate about the, the words that God put His story on paper, the, the story of how he, how he saved us? What if we coupled that, that passion that we had um, with, uh, with, with, the me, with, uh, with the message of the Scriptures? And so she, what she does is she says, um, she says, I'm not praying for one of you in here, I'm praying for all 60,000 of you in here, that you would know and come to love the Word of God and so then she did she prayed and she prayed and she said God I pray that I pray that every single person in this room comes to find a passion for your word that when they wake up in the morning they it's something that they need it's something that they can't start the day more than breath that it's what they need to function the Word of God so I, I prayed with her and I accepted that prayer and then I fell asleep but when I woke up it was I was changed I was legitimately changed. That's what happened. At the very top of the dome that morning, I prayed with every ounce of energy that was left in me, that exact thing that the Bible would be something that I needed every single day. I prayed a prayer that sounded something like, God, I know your word is true. I know I've ignored it, um, but make it to where I need it. Make where it's my source of life. And I woke up changed, completely changed. At that point in my walk, like I was I was doing pretty good. I mean, I drove 24 hours for a Jesus conference. Like, that's varsity Christian stuff, right? I mean, I was doing pretty good. I was, I was coming to AFC, like, every week. And I was, I was leading a small group in AFC. Like, I was, I was in it. I was in it, right? But I wasn't using the Bible to shape me. I wasn't using the Bible to, I wasn't going to the life of Jesus and finding out, like, man, like, how would Jesus, WWJD, like, really, what would Jesus do? I wasn't going to the scriptures for that. And it changed me and it changed me. There's an Old Testament story um, about a king named Josiah who found the scriptures and had an when he found the scriptures there was an impact on his life about this big. Um, A little history about Josiah. Josiah was named king when he was eight years old and so I don't exactly know what that looks like, how much power he had when he was eight, Um, but as his life progresses you start seeing him kind of try to do things. Now before Josiah, a lot of the kings before him were evil. It says in the in 2 Kings and 2 Chronicles and Chronicles and all these books, it says um, he did what was evil in the sight of the Lord but not Josiah. Josiah was a good king. And Josiah really wanted to see, Josiah really wanted to see um, the people start to worship God and to be and to pursue the God of David, which was his ancestors, and the God of Israel, which he knew to be true. And so he started to try to do things. And the first thing he thought to do is he said, You know, I gotta I gotta rebuild the temple. The uh, the king before him reigned for 57 years, an evil, evil king, and he he allowed prostitution in the streets, sorcery, um, idol worship. They built all these idols to all these other gods in the in the land of in the land of God in, in, in Judah. They built all these idols to other gods, and the and the temple was neglected. So Josiah said, "I'm going to rebuild the temple. I'm going to I'm not not rebuild, but I'm going to renovate the temple." Right, and so he sends he sends uh, his workers to go um, renovate the temple, and they find something they find a book. Now I'm reading out of the Old Testament, so some of these names that are about to come up. Like I said, you don't know how to pronounce them either, so it doesn't really matter, but um, can you go to that next slide? Second Kings 28, 8 through 13 reads like this. Hilkiah, the high priest, said to Shaphan, the secretary, I have found the book of the law in the temple of the Lord. He gave it to Shaphan, who read it. Then Shaphan, the secretary, went to the king and reported to him, uh, skip down to verse 10. Then Shapon the secretary, informed the king, uh, Hilkiah, the, the priest, has given me a book, and Shapon read it in, in the presence of the king. Verse 11. When the king, this is Josiah, when the king heard the words of the book of the law, he tore his robes. He gave these orders to Hilkiah, Ahikam, Akbor, Shaphan, and Asiah, the king's attendant. He said this to them, he said, go and inquire of the Lord for me and for the people and for all of Judah about what is written in the book that has been found. Great is the Lord's anger that burns against us because those who have gone before us have not obeyed the words of this book. They have not acted in accordance with all that is written there concerning us. So what's happened? I hope, I hope the story was easy enough to follow. So what's happened? A part of the law And 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 most scholars think it was Deuteronomy. A part of the law, if it's easier to think about for you guys, a a section of the Bible was missing. For all intents and purposes, a section of the Bible was missing, okay? And so because of the lawlessness and the the forgetfulness of God, there was a little bit that had had just gone away. And the only copy that had been found to that point in Josiah's reign was in the temple when they were rebuilding it. The ways of the Lord just weren't important in that time. And so when Josiah hears it, what does he do? It says he tears his clothes. Now, if you ever hear that in the Old Testament where, where a prophet or a king, it says he tears his clothes. That's a sign of mourning. It's a sign of weeping. He's distraught. He's like, man, we are missing the mark so bad. As God's people, claiming to be God's people, God's chosen people, we're missing the mark so terribly bad. He's, he's devastated. He's devastated. And so what Josiah does is he pleads with God. He pleads with God. And he says, forgive us, forgive me. I, I, I didn't know. And he promises change. He finds the law, he reads it, and he promises change in his life. Verse uh, 3 of chapter 23 reads like this. The king stood by the pillar and renewed the covenant in the presence of the Lord to follow the Lord and keep his commands, statutes, and decrees with all his heart and all his soul, thus confirming the words of the covenant written in the book. Then all the people pledged themselves to the covenant. Oh, it's Old Testament it's kind of hard to follow but Josiah gets everybody together and he says we're gonna we're gonna change we're gonna we're gonna stick to this so I, I found it I found it I found what God said and we're gonna change and he makes this covenant with him and with the people and that's what happens he starts instituting change now, I know, I know it's different for us. I know we can go to Walmart or Hastings and we can buy 18 different co- copies and different versions of this Bible. Like, we, we could do that. Or you can download it on your phone. You can download 20 different apps and it can read it out loud to you in 20 different uh, languages. I mean, there, there's, it's really accessible. But we've got to have to kind of admit that the culture that we're coming up in right now has kind of started to forget God. It's kind of started to forget God and the biblical principles that we used to know. I mean, we're kind of losing some of them too. I mean, I'm not saying it's necessarily a, I mean, it is a bad thing. But Josiah didn't know. And maybe we just haven't been versed in the scriptures enough to know. But the difference being for us and them is this is so readily accessible for us. It is so accessible for us, we are without excuse. Our surrounding might be forgetting God, but the access to his word has never been easier. So, like Josiah, we need a response to finding the word again. We need to find the word again. Now you might look at me and you might say, man, I have, I have a Bible. I have three Bibles. I read it from time to time. I, I don't need to find the word. Yes, you do. I did and I still do too. Every single day I have to, I have to re-find the word. At Passion 2013, I, I packed three Bibles. Like I was, I was super Christian. I had, I had the travel Bible. I had the study Bible. I had the message version Bible. I had, I had all the Bibles. And I had those little daily devotionals that we all like too, right? The ones that you can read a little half page and say you did your time with Jesus. Like, I get it. I like those too. I like those too. But my heart didn't burn for this book. My heart didn't burn for this book. That was the prayer that Beth Moore prayed over us that day. Just like Josiah, we need to find the word again and we need to answer for if we need to weep we need to weep if we need to change some things we need to change some things no big deal but you found it now we we found it now and just like Josiah said on the next slide you can go to it to follow the Lord and keep his commands statutes and decrees with all his heart and all his soul he made a decree within himself to make a change to make a change Judah started to change he got rid of the prostitution in the streets. he got rid of all the high altars. that was a big deal. that was a lot of construction and a lot of things that had to come down. He had to change the culture of a whole entire city and a, and a, and a country, and he did that with boldness. You might not have that big of a responsibility, but Josiah did, but you 've got to ask yourself what, what needs changed? What needs changed? And so tonight we want to help you respond. We want to help you uh, we want to help you decide to change, decide to make, to find this word again, to find what was lost, and to make it known again. So what we have tonight, um, as you walk out, there's going to be a table in the back, and on this table, there's going to be three things. Um, One, if you don't have a Bible, there's about 15 Bibles back there. You can grab one for free. Take it home. It's yours. I I know you have the Bible app. I know I have it too, but I'm old school. I like to circle, highlight, write in the margins. If you need a Bible, take one of ours. We're not going to miss it. there all over this building. Take one of our Bibles. Okay, that's one of the things that's going to be on the table. Um, Secondly, there's going to be, sometimes people come up to me and they ask me, like, how do I, how do I read the Bible? How do I really start? Like, yeah, I want to make these changes in my life, but how do I do it? Uh, That's a great question. That's a great question. So we printed a reading plan. Going through the New Testament in one year, I hope you know how easy that is. It is five minutes a day. One chapter a day. And you only do it five days a week. You get two days off. It's called reflection. I don't even know what that is. But you get to have, have some reflection time. And it's on the back table. And it says Bible reading plans or reading plans. And it looks like this. And you fold it in half. And you can start January 1st. You can start today. Whatever it is. And you just check it off. Chapter by chapter. And you just get in the word daily. Weekly. The Old Testament is chock full of good stuff. You need to get in the Old Testament too, but I believe you start reading about Jesus' life. I feel like you will. I feel like you start to fall in love with his scriptures, and then the little chapter you read for the reading plan, it won't be enough. Then you're going to be like, man, I want some wisdom. I'm going to go read Proverbs. I want to understand the meaning of life. I'm going to go read Ecclesiastes. I want to understand struggle. I'm going to go read Job. Stuff like that will start to happen when you fall back in love with his word. The last thing we have back there is we have a, a, a thing called the recommended reading list. There's some books out there that talk about God that aren't the Bible by some really good authors, some really good authors, and some really challenging stuff, and I know you have homework. I know you have all this different stuff pulling at you, but guys, we've got to go deeper. We have got to go deeper. So there's a list of books. There's a, there's a list of books for the non-believer. If you're in here and doubting things, ask one of these authors who, who have sold millions of copies of their books what they think about God because they're pretty smart guys. If you're a new believer, there's a section on there that books were recommended for you. And if you're a student leader, if you think your walk with the Lord is starting to develop and you're ready to read something a little more challenging, there's a list back there. too. It's all in the same piece of paper. We need to study the things that we don't understand about God. I heard a quote one time that says, trying to understand God is like a gnat trying to drink the ocean. So you're not going to get it all, but we can, we can go a little deeper we can definitely go a little deeper. Just like Josiah, we need to respond. We need to respond. To be honest, I, uh, I didn't wanna preach about this tonight. I didn't wanna preach about the necessity of studying the Bible tonight. It's kinda of, kind of boring, right? I mean, I didn't tell a testimony about a sick kid with cancer. I didn't talk about like, somebody who came, overcame addiction. Like, I didn't talk about that, I talked about the Bible. But here's why, this week along with another week that happens in the spring are two of the hardest weeks for a campus minister, the week before spring break and the week before Halloween. Here's why, most of the time, most of the time during the semester we wake up in the morning and we say like I wanna, I wanna honor God today with my decisions. I wanna follow God, I, I, I'm not waking up ready to sin, you know, like I'm just, I'm gonna do what I can. So I wanted to get up here and preach a sermon about how sometimes during these weeks we wake up and prepare to sin. I wanted, I wanted to use my words to convince you guys. I wanted to talk to the girls and I wanted to plead with you guys and say you don't have to dress like that for guys' attention. If you're dressing like that on Halloween for guys' attention, like that's not the guy you want because if you take one night off of honoring yourself and honoring your body, then there's going to be a night down the road when that guy takes a night off honoring you too can't take a night off just because of a holiday I wanted to get up here, I wanted to plead that with you I wanted to plead to the fellas I know how hard it is to stay pure, we have testosterone pumping through every inch of us it's so hard and so I wanted to plead with you and say you have to fight the computer screens and the cell phones all all year long don't put yourself in a situation this weekend where you're going to jeopardize that don't take ten steps backwards for a semester where you've really been pursuing God I wanted to plead that with you I wanted to ask you guys all to go to um, Danielle Jackson's Halloween party and actually I'm going to do that. Danielle's throwing a Halloween party. <laughs> this, is the, this is the address, this is the, this is the time and the place. Um, you don't have to wear a costume, it's, it's really whatever. Um, it's going to be a fun time, like this group is fun. We're not just like like youth group kids, like we're going to have a blast but we're not going to make mistakes, we're not going to go home with huge regrets. We're gonna have so much fun Saturday night. Wear a costume or not, we don't really care. We just wanna give you a good option. And here's where a good option is gonna be. You can take that down. Danielle would appreciate it. I wanted to get up here and use my words to plead with you. To try to convince you of something better. Cause this weekend is hard. It's hard for somebody who like, invests in you guys. It's hard for some of the leaders in here. It's hard. But I preached about the Bible. Because the Bible is a living and active document that is sharper than any two-edged sword. And it will tell you exactly why, by God's design, it is good to try to stay pure this week. It will tell you why modesty is something that will, that will hold a woman up. It will tell you why purity is something that will progress a man much farther it'll tell you why godly community is something you need to invest in and so tonight the prayer is that you respond the reading plans the book list, the Bibles they'll be back there because right now you have to walk back out into a world that kind of looks like it did when the law was lost when that little piece of the Bible was lost back in the day Right when you walk outside that step. So before you walk out there, there's going to be a challenge right in front of you. You just got to grab it and take it home. And right now, you got to accept this prayer. Because there's going to be a prayer that's prayed over you right now. Actually, praise team, you can come back up if you want. There's going to be a prayer that's prayed over you right now. All you got to do is accept it. Close your eyes. If you've been nodding off in the sermon, I don't blame you. But right now, all you got to do is accept this prayer. That the word of God would be something that you need and Zeke's going to give me some um, spiritual background music so it's like kind of emotional things. so you're going to love it but please understand this isn't about reading your Bible so you get your gold star I don't even have gold stars to give out this isn't so you can put it on your library shelf and say look at the books I've read to try to honor God it's, it's not about that either I'm not going to call you and ask you how you're doing on your plan I'm not going to ask you what you think of the book what studying the scriptures is, it's about understanding God better. It's about understanding the love that He has for you, the promises that He made for you on the cross, and what He has in store for you. Beth Moore said in that sermon. She said, "The passion that this age group has for so much—I mean, we just have—we have, we have a, a a light in our lives right now. We're excited about things. That passion, coupled with the Word of God, you'll be unstoppable." And that's the prayer tonight. Will you pray with me? Dear Heavenly Father, your, your word is perfect. Your word is forever. Your word is never changing. And 2,000 years ago is just as relevant then as it is for us today now. God, we're in a culture that tends to forget it. We're in a culture that tends to look at some of these things written in your word and they say, that's crazy. We're done with that. We're done with the law, with these um, these things that we don't understand that aren't relevant anymore. God, please show this generation how relevant it is. Lord, I pray for every single person in this room, self included, that your scriptures would be something that, that rocks us every single morning. That is something we wake up, have to have before we before, before we go to bed at night. That is something that we have to have. God, pray that over every single person in this room, that the, the love for your word becomes a passion, that the desire to understand you becomes a passion. But most of all, it can just be that we can know you better and know what your son did for us on the cross. And most of all tonight, Lord, we're thankful you for your son, the boy you did on the cross. And it's in his name we pray. Amen.